Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawker, and Big Swing. It is Monday once again, everybody's favorite day of the week. We know that. Uh, we are here with Icon, Big Swing, as uh, Icon so aptly named me, Granny Hawker, and I believe during the intro music, uh, the legend Doug Masters called in as well. Uh, so let's see, we've got the full gamut here tonight. Uh, and then we, we have another number who's calling in that looks like it's a computerized number. It could very well be uh, be our, our buddy there from uh, from Canada. Caller, what's up? This Jordan? Yes? Go ahead. Maybe. No? All right, I was kind of hoping for Toilet Flush Guy. Didn't get Toilet Flush Guy. But anyways, so, uh, yeah, uh, Icon was uh, was just telling me, um, you know, some stuff on the air about, uh, you know, North Dakota State going to the White House. That That's always fun times. Yeah. Of course. Uh, have you have, – have you, Huh? You guys know that I'm not a fan of our president. We're not going to talk politics here, but uh, yes, please. I'm, not a fan of our, I, I'm not a fan of our president, and I never will be. But uh, I will. I do applaud him for this decision, not only because it's North Dakota State, but the fact that you know North Dakota State is getting recognized on a you know. I mean, they're already well known with their national championships, but it's a grander scale, you know. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I I get it. I I understand it. Um, Icon, have you been able to watch Raw at all? I just got home, so uh, no. (laughs) I I missed the beginning of it, too. I was covering some college basketball, so I didn't really see what happened. But 
I was just curious on Granny. Have you been watching? Has there been anything uh, that we need to wonder about when it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to what's going on with with the Batista Triple H thing? Well, uh, Batista, you know, of course, voiced his opinion, said that he wasn't going to be in Philly and blah, 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 blah. And, of course, Triple H, he addressed the situation. And basically, Triple H, long story short, basically, Triple H told him, Batista, you want me? You got me. And so I don't know where this is going, guys, but... um, could it be possibly we see a match between Triple H and Batista somewhere down the line? Maybe at WrestleMania. Um, I don't know if I'm excited about that or or kind of like, ugh. Because, I mean, you know, these guys, don't get me wrong, Batista and Triple H, both great athletes, both big staples of the uh, mid-2000s. Obviously, Triple H has been, uh, you know, around for longer than that. Uh, but, um, I mean, are they really, are they really that desperate where they got to, they got to dig up, uh, you know, fossilized wrestlers at this point to try to, you know, get some ratings. Cause I mean, you know, I'll admit, I'll admit it was a chaotic situation and it kind of made me go like, Whoa, you know, which, which I haven't been able to do with WWE in a while. But, you know, when, when they're like, Whoa, you know, um, still either way, you're looking at this like, uh, Batista Triple H, how many times have we seen this? You know, so I, I don't and, know. It's one of those yeah. things. Yeah, and then um, uh, Stephanie made the announcement that they have reinstated Becky Lynch, so I guess it's going to be Becky Lynch now facing Charlotte Flair since Ronda um, Rousey basically vacated the title. You know why she did that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, she did so. that because I, I guess her and her husband are starting a family or whatever and uh and uh you know she's gonna be out for a while so and then i guess the big one of the big things is uh you know dean ambrose came down to help roman reigns and seth rollins against lashley and corbin and drew mcintyre and Basically, you know, Roman Reigns was wanting to get the shield back one more time, and Seth Rollins agreed to it. And so after Ambrose came down and helped out Rollins and Roman Reigns, uh, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins was doing the shield symbol, and then all of a sudden here comes Dean Ambrose right in the middle of it. So I guess the shield's back together one more time, guys. I don't, You know, who knows? I mean, I don't no, I thought no, Ambrose that has be to be leaving, but... Well, that has to be Granny's favorite team of all time. Uh, Lashley, McIntyre. No, 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 Lashley, McIntyre, no, Corbin, no, and no, Leo Rush. No, and no, no. Absolutely <laughs> boring Corbin. I, I, I despise boring Corbin. I despise those guys. I do not like those guys. I will never like those guys. No. I mean, Leo no. Rush is quit, entertaining, quit, right? Quit. Well, no, he's boring, and every time he starts talking, I mute my TV because I can't stand him. I can't oh, stand wow, Little right. Weasel. I hate him. I hey, hate everybody. Him. I cannot stand him. Uh, do you guys, hey, know I, who I, you guys know who I still hate, right? Kevin uh, Owens. Everybody? Of course. <laughs> don't hate. He, do, don't. he despises Kevin Owens. <laughs> uh, I, I don't hate everybody. Uh, uh, I, I can't I mean, hate like, the world. I, 
I, I hate I hate the I hate the demons that are plaguing me right now, but I don't hate everybody. Um, hey, like, hey, hey, speaking of that, guys. Hey, uh, wait, 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 hold on. Let 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 Doug Masters uh, get his point in. Hey, man. Hey, hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, I like speaking of legends. Hey, uh, you know, a few days ago it was posted on social media about Harley Race having terminal lung cancer, and I, uh, I read something. To, yeah, I read something today, but it's not terminal now. So oh, it's that's been good. lowered down to, to not terminal. So I just thought I'd put on Aaron Harley Race, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, world heavyweight champion of all time, next to Amen for sure. But yeah, it's, it's not it's not terminal. And uh, also that guy that uh, uh, you might have to tell me his name. He played. He passed away today. A guy plays on nine nine zero two one zero. Perry. Yeah, his son Mike. He's 21. He's he's a pro wrestler. He's working for A and W, some kind of independent group. That was out today. Posted out today too. And on Entertainment Tonight tonight they uh they spoke about it. he was at his bedside when he passed. They mentioned his uh <coughs> his, one of his sons was a pro wrestler. So I thought that was kind of kind of cool in a way. But uh, sad that he's gone. But yeah, but yeah, I just want to put that into it, man. But Harley and everything like that. So. Hey, uh, you know, speaking of cool things here, uh, you know, I got to ask you, um, uh, uh, the icon kind of, uh, helped you out this weekend, didn't he? Hey, yes, sir. Hey, brother, you pulled through. I'm telling you why out. I, I, hey, I got them autographs already in the mail. They should be there yeah. within probably tomorrow or the next day. I got them in the mail. Uh, yeah, you helped me out. There was a guy, uh, my guest that night was, Called me that morning, could barely talk, said he had strip throat. So at the last minute, everybody that I called around here was already booked in another state. All these indie shows are really kicking on Fridays and Saturdays now, which is good. And I called the icon up, and uh, he made a hot tag, and he saved me. Had two good guests, uh, had a good little show. And... uh, I'm going to plug it right now. This Friday coming up, I'm going to have a Rugged Rock Price and his son, Golf Black, on. And next week, I'm going to have uh, the Patriots on. Del Wilkes, he's going to be on. So, well, you know, the cool thing about Del Wilkes is, uh, hey, you got to ask him. Uh, yeah. Casting, uh, during the interview, ask him, uh, 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 you know, ask him if, if he still likes the icon. Okay, that's your will, brother. I sure will. Yeah, I'll pass him. He just, he just uh, got a hold of me today and said, yeah, he sure would. And, yeah, I'll, I'll ask if he's still alive. So I can. When was he on the show last? Uh, he was on this summer, wasn't he, guys? I believe so. Yes. Oh, he's a great guy. He's, he was in Puerto. He came to Puerto Rico with Greg Valentine when I was down there. A few times I was there on the weekends. I was had to go pick him up at the airport. And uh, now he's just retired. He's not doing. He does public appearances and uh, podcasts right now. He's working for a Nissan dealership there in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, and. Uh, but what a great guy. He's a real great guy. And uh, I got Ricky Santana coming up next month and Fidel Sierra. So I just thought I'd put a plug in there. But, yeah, the icon made a hot tag and uh, put you over, brother. You put me over. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Anytime. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, uh, who we got coming up this week. Um, we, we are supposed to have a three-guest night. Now, it's very possible – that our second guest may still call in, but uh, he, uh, you know, his father passed away, uh, and 
he's they they was dealing with some family stuff, and uh, you know it is probably didn't pass away recently, but they're working on closing out uh, their estate or something, and he's working on that, so he may or may not call in. But uh, we have uh, Tanya Crivier, uh, mm-hmm. the world's greatest female basketball handler, uh, on with us tonight, and. Uh, uh, our our second guest is supposed to be Stephen uh, Ledge Jr., uh, but he may or may not be on. And we have Wonder Hussy. Now, uh, what's interesting about Wonder Hussy <laughs> is uh, she uh, what she does is she's a nude model. Okay, uh, her body is the brush, and the scenery is her canvas. And what she does is she finds hmm. all these exotic locations, and she does all these tasteful photo shoots. You know, and uh, I guess raising money for charities and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, she's gonna be on us to talk to you about that, uh, and uh, we'll talk about it for next week. Uh, we got Sylvie Silver, we got Charlene McNally, we have Roger Wilson, and everybody who doesn't know Roger Wilson by name, uh, you will know him by his role in Porky's One and Two as uh, the Redneck. Uh, he was the one that got beat up by Porky in the first one, and uh, and he was also a starring role in the second one. He wasn't in the third one, but we're going to talk to him about that. So uh, it's going to cool. be a good couple weeks. He uh, played uh, Jarvis, the redneck. So, Those yeah. were funny movies. Yeah, yeah they, they were. were great movies. Panned by critics, but uh, they were good. So, Icon, um, when when we we just got uh, we just got word here. You said uh, Maui Madness is going on. Uh, obviously, Animal from from LOD is going to be there this year. Um, are there any other special guests that you've heard about? Well, uh, I'm proud to say that Attitude Air Live and Icon Enterprises is going to be sponsoring a bracket this year. Uh, nice. Second year in a row, and uh, uh, the winner of the bracket is going to get 20 autographs from guests that we've had on the show, and we are sponsoring the appearance of Mariah Prussia. And if our second guest does not call in, uh, we'll talk about that more after our first guest. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I, I got a lot of information on that. And that's going to be at the same place the Marriott was in last time when I went up there. Yep, correct. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, what do I want to say here? Uh, so Russell, uh, so Fastlane is going to be interesting now because I mean they've already set up, um, they've already set up you know the WrestleMania matches and whatnot. But I guess the main thing uh, I was wondering would be, you know the whole Kofi Kingston thing, obviously they, they took Kofi Kingston out of the best, uh, out of the match against Daniel Bryan at fast lane. Obviously they put your, your man crush Monday, Kevin Owens in there. And, you know, I'm just wondering, are we going to see a possible belt change? Are we going to see Kevin Owens take the belt off of Daniel Bryan at fast lane and then have Kofi be in the match and take it off of uh, Kevin Owens at WrestleMania? Because you know, remember, there's no there, there, there's no automatic rematch clause, so I, I mean, you know, so it wouldn't be like it wouldn't be like Daniel Bryan gets a match right away for it. 
um, you know, on a rematch. But I think that, you know, I, I think that obviously to bring Kevin Owens back uh, the way that they have this early and to put him in that match, like, like why bother to give him that push uh, without having a plan for him? Although I don't know. I've seen, I've seen more disorganized things from them before too. So who knows? But I mean, for me, I'm just curious if you guys think that. Cause I, I think Owens is going to take the belt, and then I think Kofi's going to win it at WrestleMania. That That's just my opinion, but like uh, I said, I, I've been wrong I, before. I, 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 think that's, I, agree I, think, with, I think you're right. Yeah, I agree with you because you know why? Bruce Pritchard is, uh, got signed back for writing the storylines now is what I've been told. So, because hmm. uh, a couple uh, couple of people I know out in the Pacific Northwest was talking to me the other day, gave me that info, and they also, you know, they were saying that how Raw was, well, I watched an hour of it, now I'm wishing it was over with, and I was kind of excited, you know, and there was two hours gone, and I still want to know what's going on, and, and it was because once Bruce Pritchard got re-signed, then they uh, he's calling all the storylines and all and everything now. So I don't know who was doing it for him, but you can kind of tell because after the few, a couple of few weeks, it kind of changed a little bit. So yeah, you know, I mean, it has when... definitely gotten um, a lot more interesting. I'll give him that. I, I mean, there's been a couple yeah. of moments in the last couple of weeks uh, where I've been like, wow, you know, uh, which I haven't been able to and say in, in quite some time. Uh, yep, let me just go to the switchboard. In fact, it should be a 605 number, right? Yep. All right, yeah, they are on. So I'm going to push them through here. Icon, you do your thing, and uh, we will go from there. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she is the greatest female basketball handler in history, and also the greatest female athlete in the history of South Dakota. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, <clears throat> the only, Tanya Cremier. Hey, Tanya, how are you? Hey, this is Tanya Cremier, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, Granny Hulskin, and the legend, pretty boy, Doug Masters. <laughs> no. Oh. So tell me, now, uh, when is the last time you ever got an introduction like that before you stepped on the court? Not too often. That's pretty good. Thank you very much. That's awesome introduction. Awesome. Now, uh, what we'd like to do is after uh, we uh, get the introduction in, we like to have our guests kind of give us a little background about themselves, and we ask them uh, the tough questions. So if you want to give us a little background, and then we'll uh, talk to you. Sure. So. Uh, listen, my name is Tanya Crevier, and I'm from Elkton, South Dakota, and I get invitations to travel worldwide and have for over 30 years inspiring and speaking life into the lives of kids and basketball players, athletes, students in the schools, and get to do school assemblies, and I speak to the kids and do a what I call enthusiastic spin-tacular basketball show. I juggle, dribble, spin basketballs, and put together a uh, display of basketball wizardry that is uh, really exciting, very entertaining, but mostly inspirational to kids that are watching it. So I've really motivated a lot of kids along the way, and I want to continue as long as I can. 
And uh, I uh, first met you when I was eight or nine years old. It was at uh, through mm-hmm. Irv Vinegar and NDSU and the Bison Buddies, and uh, <laughs> I uh, I will never forget wow. how inspira- inspiring you were to me. And I still have all the autographs <laughs> in history that you've ever given me. Uh, I just can't I just can't bring myself part with them. I you know, I'm not saying this just because you're on, but I actually had an individual offer me five hundred dollars for uh the autograph you gave me when I was nine and I, I actually turned it down. because uh, uh I, 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 I love you that much. But wow. we you you started out um uh playing was it South Dakota State or University of South Dakota? Yeah. No, South Dakota State, yep, played for the Jack Rabbit for four years and was able to play volleyball four years there as well and then ran two track two years and played softball one year. But just had a great time there at SPSU. And then they started a women's pro league, the first ever in the US. One year after I had graduated from SDSU. It's called the WBL, the Women's Pro Basketball League. And uh, we just got inducted into the Women's National Basketball Hall of Fame as being trailblazers for the WNBA, which is really an honor for all of us. And we played three years in that league, and I got a chance to do my show along with actually playing on the team. Now, uh, when you when you first started out, uh, the time I ever saw you, you you were uh, a solo act. Uh, it was just you, mm-hmm. and now you got like. Your nieces and nephews, and uh, you got a, you got a big uh, a big uh, selection of uh, kids with you. How many do you have uh, in with you? And they, they are your nieces and nephews. Or are they uh, uh, all relation or non relation or combination? They're all relation. Uh, it's a combination. I used to take my younger brother and my younger sister with me when I first started outside. You know, my dad would say, hey, take your brother with you, take your sister, you know, so I would, and it was an influence thing, because the power of influence is just mighty, like you said, and they started learning this stuff, and now Bruce, my brother's married, and they have 12 kids, and Janine, my sister, is married, and they have six kids, and they travel and do the show, just like I do, with their own families, and every now and then, we'll be together, and we'll join up forces, and I'll take one of my nieces and nephews with me as I travel if it works out. And yeah, we kind of uh, do a a variety of different programs that we do, but it's basically using our talents to just really inspire and speak life and inspiration into a lot of kids. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a few more questions, then uh, I'll let uh, sure. my uh, co-host ask you a few. Now. The, your your claim to fame, of course, you have a lot of them, but the the one thing I remember is uh, I believe it was you started out uh, being able to spin. I think it was what was it eight basketballs when you first started. Now you can do like forty or something. <laughs> I actually just do ten. Yeah, ten do basketballs ten. when I do my show, <laughs> but that's a lot. <laughs> and my brother and my nephew actually just uh, two months ago set a new world record, and it hasn't been approved by Guinness yet, it's still in the works, but they set a new world record for spinning the most number of basketballs, and they each spun 30 basketballs, so that was 60 basketballs spinning at one time, so that was pretty amazing, and as I see them do that, 
even yeah. like just as recently as a week mm-hmm. ago, I saw Caleb, my nephew, do it. Now I'm like, look at that. That's the fruit of the inspiration. That's the fruit of my labor, just inspiring him. And then they take it to a new level. And, you know, that's, I think, what they're supposed to do because they're just uh, getting the ideas and just taking them and running with it. So it's really exciting to see that and to experience that. Uh, I'm going to open it up here to uh, my uh, my co-host here. Uh, we'll start with Doug. What do you got, Doug? Yes, ma'am. Hey, this is Doug Masters. I'm I'm glad to make your acquaintance and talking to you. And I think you have a really cool career and what you've done is pretty cool. Hey, how t- you said you're a basketball player and a volleyball player. Which one did you like best, and how tall are you? Hey, I'm five feet three inches. Everything I did was to make me a better basketball player. So in the fall. I just knew that even being a volleyball player would just keep my coordination and and uh, stayed in shape that way. And, you know, you learn so much working together as a team. And so that's why I played volleyball. Everything that I did was to make me a better basketball player. So basketball is truly my first love. Okay. How old was, hey, how old was you when you first started? When I was 12. See, I have six brothers and five sisters as well. And my oldest brothers had gotten scholarships to play college football out in Ohio, Ashland College in Ohio, and the football coach there, Fred Martinelli, you know, had my brothers scholarships, and they love football, And but the basketball coach out there was Bill Musselman. You guys might remember that name. But Bill Musselman sure, yeah. really a great friend of my brothers, and through all those years, and he had his players, these big players, you know, doing all the ball handling and the two ball stuff and the basic drills and the, you know, he had such a colorful pregame warm up that, you know, fans would come a good hour and a half before the game started just to see what the guys were doing. And, you know, he started that out at Ashland and then he took it to the Minnesota. I think they won the big 10 when he was at Minnesota. And then he coached in the CBA and, in the NBA for a while, but Bill Musselman was a personal friend of our family, and but he had guys spinning the ball, and my brothers kept telling me about this guy on the team that could spin the ball. His name was George Schauer, and so George became a friend of mine and just took me aside and showed me all the stuff that I should practice, and so I put together a show just like he did, and I had no idea that God would just give me open doors like he has, and so I just kind of ran with it, and and, and pretty soon, one door after another opened up. And I did it to be a better player with all the spinning and dribbling and juggling and increase my coordination. But I really believe God had a different plan. And so as I improved and got better and improved my speaking ability, then people started inviting me to speak to their teams, to their schools, at the basketball camps, and started doing half times of high school, college, NBA, WNBA games. And, yeah, so just through the years, just – open doors have just come up because when you have a good attitude, you have a great integrity and you show up and you know people trust you and they want you. So it's really been a fun ride. <laughs> uh, Tanya yeah. is our guest. We got about, uh, about uh, 18 minutes here left with uh, Tanya, uh, maybe a little longer if you, uh, if we don't scare you away too much. Uh, no, you know, uh, Granny, uh, I'm sure you have some uh, um, uh, questions for uh, Tanya. Well, it's 
it, it sounds phenomenal what you do. I mean, I I can only imagine what it must be like to be able to spin ten basketballs at one time. I I know I couldn't do it, but um, what has been your most I guess challenging trick or challenging move that you've created in in the years that you've been doing this? Oh, that's a good question. I think anything to do with spinning takes a long time. You know, kids and adults uh, alike want to learn how to <clears throat> spin the ball. And, and, you know, as a kid, you don't even keep track of time. You just want to learn it. So you just spend hours and hours at it, and that's what I did. But when I spin the 10 basketballs, that's probably been the most challenging thing to do because you got to get them spinning so fast and you can't mm-hmm. hit them off. And, yeah, so that's probably anything you do with spinning, it takes the longest I can only imagine. That's, yeah. That sounds you know, I amazing. I get a lot of volunteers I mean, that... too, Granny. Like I could spin the ball on your finger. I could spin it like on a spoon and feed you some applesauce maybe. Or spin it on a bottle of water. <laughs> spin it in your mouth. So it really creates a lot of fun. Kids want to volunteer. They want to come out and be part of the show. And it really is It's such an enthusiastic show. And kids never know what's coming next. So they really are well, on the edge of their seat. And that's. Yeah, and that's what makes it so fun, even for, I mean, not only kids, but for adults, because I'm all about audience participation. I mean, I Mm. love helping with whatever, you know, whatever's going on. I mean, you know, I, I, I love to help. I love to be part of the, the show. I love, I love participating, Mm -hmm. you know, I love helping I love helping out. If they need a volunteer, Granny's all about, you know, raising her Mm -hmm. hand and say, hey, yeah, you know, I'll I'll do it, you know. I mean, Mm -hmm. I remember remember one time my son and I went to Silver Dollar City, and they had this show called Birds of Prey, and I had to stand Mm -hmm. there and hold my arm out, and this big old black vulture flew and landed on my arm. You know, and then I had to wow. lay down on the stage, and the vulture landed on top of me. You know, and everything, oh, which was pretty cool. Which was pretty cool. You yeah. know, I mean, I mean a, uh, kids never forget that. And as a kid, you look at that. You never forgot that, did you? Well, I was an adult when that happened, so <laughs> I took my, 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 my son, who was probably about nine or ten years old at the time. And um, we both got to participate in the show, which was pretty cool. So. Wow. That's great. Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping that kids remember, uh, just a high five, just getting to shake their hand, getting an autograph, whatever it might be. It'll really just touch their life and bring them through a difficult time if they're having one or lift them up, lift their attitude up a bit, you know. And That uh, sounds amazing. You know, what, one thing I do remember, uh, not only did uh, I meet you, you know, at uh, the Bison Buddies program. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember you were also at, you also came to my elementary school, Carl Ben, which, uh, you know, unfortunately yeah. is, uh, they, they, they tore down. It's no longer available. But, uh, you know, I remember you were asking for volunteers and uh, uh, you, uh, you brought me up there and uh, you were spinning uh, two basketballs and an apple. And uh, you'd have me bite the <laughs> apple and eat the apple. As as you were spinning around, and then uh, towards mm-hmm. the end there, you you had you tried to have me bite the basketball. <laughs> so you were that volunteer, huh? That's I amazing. Was that volunteer. 
And then uh, then after me, because, you know, I was the star of the school. I still am, I, I think. But anyway, then you brought the principal up, and you had him uh, hold uh, two pens in each hand, and you had him hold like a, like a uh, I don't remember what it was, like some kind of pipe or something in his mouth, and you had him spin three basketballs. Right. Mr. Holmes. Yeah, I still – yes, I still – yeah, I still do that as part of my show to get get somebody up there like that. That's amazing. It's amazing that you still remember that. It's like that is so exciting to me. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, Tanya, like I say, people think I'm probably saying this just because you're on the show, but it's it's I'm not I'm not doing that. I mean, you know, when I when I first met you. And uh, every time I, I see you, you know, unfortunately, you know, you didn't uh, you didn't get to uh, be uh, halftime in NDSU this year. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we could have used you during a few of those women's games because we probably would have drove more <laughs> attendance. But you know, you you inspired me, and you still inspire me every time I talk oh. to you. You know, you you wow. you have never forgotten me. And I, I'll admit, I'm one of those guys that people will never forget, no matter whether it's a good thing <laughs> or a bad thing. But, you know, you, you've just been so inspirational to me. And I, I appreciate wow. you coming on with us. We we still have about 15 minutes here left with you. But uh, Tanya Kirby is our guest. Uh, Big Swing, what do you got? You're, you're a basketball guy. What do you got? Well, I've never been um... – Big on on the, the the trick aspect. I mean, I've always I've always um, played you know basketball normally, but I have always been uh, fascinated by you know the ability of of people to do that. But I guess the main thing w- would be what what sort of made you want to go down that route. I mean, what like was there a particular moment in your life, kind of like what Icon described that he remembered? Um, what was there something that made you? you know, made it click and say, Hey, you know, I want to do, you know, the, the tricks and I want to do this for kids and I want to do that. Or, or was it just, you played basketball and then just decided, like, it's just one of those things you decided to do, or was there a particular moment that uh, led you to it? I think a lot of factors played into that. You know, my parents always told us to, you know, keep a good attitude and just do the best that you can. And don't try to compare yourself with, anybody else and with six brothers and five sisters we were all kind of trying to find our way and I wanted to be the best at something I wanted to be the best basketball player I I had just a heart to a lot of enthusiasm always and I just wanted to my prayer was just to do something big for God you know I just wanted to impact kids like I had been impacted by my family and my brothers and my older sister and I, and by Bill Musselman and that George Shower and so I, in other words, I wanted to pass pass on the torch. How I inspired was inspired. I wanted to say, hey, who can I inspire along the way? And so I don't know. As I was getting invitations, I thought, man, if I'm going to be in front of people doing this, I want to be good at it. So I better practice because the more you practice, of course, the better you are and the more confidence that you have. And so I didn't do it initially to do it in front of people. I did it to be a better player because I just knew the more I handle that ball, whether it's spinning, learning to juggle, my shoulders are getting stronger. If you're going two and three basketballs, you know, you're trying to just improve your eye-hand coordination. I just knew that every part of my game was going to improve because you're better with the ball. And so that was my initial interest 
in doing all the ball handling, but, you know, I was getting good at all this stuff and the spinning, and people were kind of like, wow, do you want to come speak to my team over here and motivate them? And so I'm like, uh, sure, you know, I was, I was real hesitant at first, but then I'm like, yeah, I probably can do more than what everybody on this team can do, so yeah, I mean, I'd love to share. And so one thing led to another, and I just think God has started opening up doors for me, and it's like that's why God gave me this talent, I know, so that I can – you know, be a role model so I can be someone that kids can look up to. And even though I am pretty short, <laughs> but someone that can, uh, you know, say, hey, if she can do that, I can do a lot more than what I'm really thinking I can do here. And so it's like making kids be an overcomer rather than someone that's just average, you know, challenging kids to strive for excellence. Don't just be some that just goes down the road, just, no, just be someone that's set apart, that someone that is going to try harder, that's going to get knocked down, but you're going to get back up every single time, and you're going to, you know, encourage others to do the same. So it just kind of merged into that, so to speak, and and then I look back, you guys, and it's like, man, I've been doing this over 30 years, and I've loved every minute, and I go into every show with an anticipation, like, this is, like, so exciting to me. When I set my stuff up, get ready to go, you know, I get stretched. It's like, man, look at what God just allowed me to do with my life. And so I was, I was made for this. <laughs> now, when you, when you were playing in, uh, in college at, uh, you know, South Coast State as a jackrabbit, we know that uh, you had uh, many uh, battles with uh, North Dakota State. We know that, of course, it's, it's still mm-hmm. a rival today. But do you feel that if And they're still better in basketball than you guys are to this day as well. <laughs> well, in women, yeah, but men is kind of a toss up, but that's another thing. And by the way, speaking mm-hmm. of that, uh before Tiny leaves, I want you to play that little that little clip that you have that I don't like, but I'm gonna have you play that before she goes. But uh do you feel that do you uh, wish that they would have had the WNBA uh, you know, at at the time uh, when you graduated, you know, and would you have uh, uh, aspired to try and go to the WNBA? Well, they had the WBL, and that was actually one year after I'd graduated from SDSU. They had the women's first ever women's pro league. It was called the WBL, and I played in that three years. I went to the tryout, and they liked what I did, and so they wanted to use me to my talents to help promote our teams at civic clubs, at schools. Well, I was kind of like the spokesperson for the team because of what I could do. So I did play pro ball for three years. And as a little farm kid from South Dakota, that was a dream come true big time. So hey, what it, city in South Dakota did are you from? Get to, pardon me? What city in South Dakota are you from? I grew up in Jefferson, South Dakota, down by Sioux City, Iowa. But now I live in Elkton. It's up by Brookings. It's up by SDSU. Right. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but go ahead. You, you, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but go ahead. Yeah, and that, but that was, yeah, so I, as I started going and getting invitations after I played pro ball, that's when I knew that this was, that all this practice wasn't in vain. I'm supposed to be doing this. So I started teaching my brother, teaching my sister, and we started doing shows together. And then when they got married and started having kids, they started doing their own shows and so what I do has multiplied a hundredfold <laughs> because I, 
it's really exciting. I visit in prisons, do my show in the prisons, you know, reaching out to the least. And, you know, they love basketball, so anything to do with that is going to really gather their attention and get them interested. And, yeah, so I go from A to Z. Your NBA finals at Cleveland, uh, three years in a row, my brother and his whole family were invited to do the halftime show. So I went with them, and we all did it together. So it was pretty incredible. Last three seasons. Now, where's the uh, the farthest uh, that you traveled uh, doing your shows? Uh, I've been to 35 different countries. Oh no, 45. Yeah, different countries. I've been to most all of Europe. Those countries there. I've been to Japan and Australia. Those are far away. I've been to Ukraine. That's pretty much far east. And then I've been to like a lot of South American countries down there and let's see, London, England, let's see, yeah, Bahrain, let's see, uh, yeah, just, I can't name them all per se right now, but I think it's 45 different countries that that I've done my program in. And uh, when you're, uh, when you get, uh, when you get booked for an event, uh, how uh, how far in advance uh, are, are are you booked? And you, you know, because you know the basketball season, you know, usually starts around what late October through you know March. Mm-hmm. Now, you do do you just do mostly basketball uh, shows, or do you do other uh, events? I do a lot of different kind of events, like maybe even a parade. Um, do like I said, the prison ministry. I do like church events youth events. I do a lot of school assemblies. I mean, I bring the basketball into every one of my programs, of course, but yeah, you go from a like a banquet where you're speaking and performing or maybe like a halftime show where you're just performing and no speaking. So it's a variety of different events that I do. You know, I, I pretty much go, Scott, where people invite me and, you know, just kind of adjust the program according to what they need. That's awesome. Now, uh, Tiny Curious, I guess, we got about uh, five minutes here left. I know that uh, you did the, uh, the the promo thing at the beginning, but uh, we uh, the tape wasn't rolling when you did it, so we're going to okay. go ahead and redo it. Uh, I'll count you okay. down from five, then we'll have, we'll have you redo that. Okay. Okay, ready? Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, this is Tanya Crevier. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the hosts, the icon, the big swing, Granny, and the legend, pretty boy, Doug Masters. That's awesome. So uh, what, uh, what is uh, your, your schedule like in the, the next couple weeks? How many different events uh, do you got coming up? Uh, I, I would guess you're going to be pretty busy, I would guess, because uh, uh, Mar- uh, with uh, March Madness coming up. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of times those March Madness games, though, they reserve the halftime shows to the local cheerleaders and th- things like that. And every now and then I'll be invited to something like that. But, like, I have a high school assembly uh, Wednesday right here in South Dakota, and then I fly to Northern Virginia on Sunday the 10th, and then I go to Indianapolis on the 11th and 12th and 13th, and then I go over to Morton, Illinois on the 17th, and then uh, over that same area on the 18th, and then I fly out to Portland, Oregon for the 22nd, 23rd, 
and then I fly down to Tucson, Arizona for 25 through 28, 29, and then, yes, that's pretty full March, I guess. You know, this is a testimony, though. I never advertise what I do, and the Lord keeps my phone ringing, and I get emails and requests, and I mean, it's totally amazing because of all the variety of different events that I'll be invited to do, and yeah, it's just exciting. Now, uh, and I know our our uh, our, our fans uh, knew this was coming, and uh, uh, kind of curious if you can do this for us. But uh, you know, we we usually have a big uh, you know a Christmas show in December where we uh, you know we do uh, autographs for our fans, everything for giveaways. Uh, would you be willing to send mm-hmm. us a few autographs for some giveaways? If I send you, oh address? yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. You can right. just um, email or you know messenger me your address and stuff and yeah i'll put it in the mail tomorrow okay cool and of course you hey, could sign one of the icon too you know because I, I got i mean you you signed 15 <laughs> autographs to me to scott but i need one of the icon to show that i'm uh even more popular than i was before got it got it okay you got awesome. it i'll well, would you uh, uh, like a guest uh if our uh uh we're gonna wrap this thing up here but if our uh, fans wanted to uh Check you out and follow you. You got a Facebook, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got an Instagram. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, I have Facebook and Instagram, and it's just my name, Tanya Crevier, T A N Y A C R E, V as in Victor, I E R. Or they can go to my website, it's just tanyacrevier.com. Awesome. Or just even YouTube my name, and a bunch of YouTubes will come up. Awesome. Well, I'll tell yeah. you what, Tiny, we do appreciate you uh, taking time out of your schedule to join us. And uh, uh, before we uh, let you go, do you guys got anything else uh, you want to ask before uh, Tanya uh, goes uh, uh, dribbling off to, into the sunset, as they say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I'm good. Hey, I really enjoyed She's been amazing. all of you. She's been amazing. Yeah, and, and uh, Tanya, I hope uh, next uh, basketball season uh, we'll uh, get to see you. Uh, at uh, NDSU, uh, like especially during yes. a women's game, because they need all the help they can get to draw fans. And uh, yes, trust exactly. me, uh, with the way they've been playing lately, they'd be paying to see you, not them. Trust me. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm honored and blessed to be able to interview with you guys. This has been a really exciting interview, the best I've ever had. And cool. uh, hopefully you, uh, you might be willing to join us again at some point. Yes, anytime. Awesome. So, I can, did, did, did you want me to play the clip? You see the clip? Yeah, the clip yeah, about uh, Tanya, before oh. you go, Tanya, before you go, I got to have you hear this clip, okay? Okay. Well, the, the, the clip's the clip's a bit edgy. It it it, it has it mentions uh, it's from the show Family Guy, and it's um it, it mentions uh, I could see why people might be offended by it, but I mean we're not, so I mean hopefully you're not either. But it, it I, I think it captures. North and South Dakota pretty well, so... Well, I got a ton of business experience. I mean, I had that job creating ads for the North Dakota Board of Tourism. Hi, do you like South Dakota but don't want to see Mount Rushmore? Come to North Dakota. It's just a very long drive from wherever you live. Best of all, most of the good license plates aren't taken yet. Imagine coming here and having cool dude, or yay Jews, or boo Jews, depending on where you stand on Jews. North Dakota, we're not even the best Dakota. That's good. There it is. 
<laughs> and, and you know, and, and I can attest, uh, they they are not the best Dakota. Um, I I've never been to South Dakota, but I've been to North Dakota, and uh, I'm assuming that you know it it only gets better from there. So, but That's anyway, right. yeah. yeah, we're tucked we're tucked we're tucked underneath North Dakota. <laughs> what, yes, what you are. Would know this. When you're when you're in Fargo traveling to South Dakota, once you get past Summit, it's all open road. Yeah, that's for sure, isn't it? Oh Man. my goodness! Yeah. Oh. You better be gassed up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Tanya, mm-hmm. we want to thank you very much, and you are awesome. And uh, I, I sent you an address, and mm-hmm. if you could uh, send yep, whatever you it. can. We sure would appreciate. You are awesome. Oh, thank you, guys. God bless. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Tanya. You, yep. God bless you. Started. Yep. All right. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was cool, huh, guys? Yeah. Yes. That was yes, really was. cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, you know. I asked her how tall she was for being a basketball and a volleyball player. She's 5'3". Goodness. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you and, think she'd be uh, taller, yeah. Uh, I mean, height's height's not always everything, you know. Yeah, I know. that's right. That's right. And uh, you guys, uh, she didn't really talk about it, but here's how she spins all the basketballs. Okay, she has these uh, she has these velcro things and with 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 pins, and she she'll put two on her uh, two on her uh, toes. She will put two on her knees, uh, two on her calves, two on her legs. Uh, she'll spin two. And she has this uh, like uh, like straw thing uh, in her mouth that she'll do. Then she uh, uh, sometimes even has this hat. She will spin one on her head. Ah, how old is she? Uh, what is she in her fifties? I think late forties, early fifties. I think because I know she's older than me. Yeah. Cool. But uh, yeah, she is uh, she is awesome and she's an uh, inspiration and uh, she tried to get me to uh, bite on a basketball once so you can't really go wrong with that, right? Wow. Oh. Huh. So apparently uh, our second guest uh, has not called in and uh, apparently he's still stuck doing what he's doing. So uh, speaking I- of guests, however, Ronda Rousey is on Monday Night oh. Raw. She yeah, just showed up. Right now. She just showed right up. Now. Walking with a purpose. Wow. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, though, you guys, it, it's sad, though. You know, um, usually we don't do this because usually, you know, we have three guests, you know. And, you know, I, I guess I've never really asked you guys if you if you mind the three-guest format or not, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, you know, I, I, you know I'm fine with it. I, I – um. It makes the it makes the the show go by quick, but it also kind of uh-huh. you know gives us a lot to talk about. Um, but you know, it, yeah. it's, it's sometimes I like I like having you know wrestling discussion as well. Um, but you know, the way WWE is recently, it hasn't really given us you know much to talk about. So it's actually good that we've been having interviews. You know, right. and you know, it it all you know it all started out you know. Uh, uh, in our humble beginnings, as I like to use that term, you know, we, uh, you know, we never even had any guests, you know, we, uh, we, you know, c- 
we spent two hours complaining about how bad the, the product was. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, and the product really has not improved much. Or, or swing, would you say it has or it hasn't since we started out? Started out. So, Rousey just came back, demanded the title back. Uh-huh. I guess she didn't get rid of the title. She, uh, yeah. She, so, yeah, okay. She, she didn't. She she wanted. Yeah. She didn't want to exclude herself, but she wanted Becky Lynch as part of the equation, basically. So now they're talking about like a triple threat match at WrestleMania, I guess. So I don't know. So how is that going to happen when she's got one wheel, though? Yeah, well, I mean, basically, this is what we knew was coming. I mean, we knew it was going to be a triple threat. Uh But now Ronda Rousey is, uh, you know, tough talking the boss. But here's the thing, though. Rousey's going to lose at WrestleMania. And the reason I say that is because she is supposed to be she's supposed to be starting a family with her husband. She's going to go on a part time contract, kind of like a Brock Lesnar type of contract after WrestleMania. So I don't know why they're going through this whole talking up Ronda oh, Rousey yeah. thing like that because yeah. she's going to lose anyway. But, well, let me ask you guys this: Do you think, and you know, we know that he's a part timer, but. You guys think that they should just get rid of Lester completely and just be done with him? I mean, yeah. What, what is? What yeah, does he bring to the do, table? Do. He don't. There, he's well, making all that money, all that money he's making, and uh, they, they're just they're really doing something with him, but they're not. They're just basically doing something with him to make him earn a little bit of the money they're having to pay him. I don't know how many year contracts he signed or what it is, but another thing I was gonna bring up tonight. Arn Anderson got fired. From, they let him go from the WWE because he was uh, one of the agents. And what's her name? Alicia, uh, one of the female divas, showed up intoxicated, and he went ahead and let her work. And Vince got fed up with. I guess he did this before. And under contract and stipulation with the WWE. You cannot be under the influence of any alcohol, narcotics, or anything. Uh, what was it? Thirteen hours, tw- at least twelve hours prior to being in that ring, and she showed up intoxicated, and he knew it, and he went ahead and let her work. And it's been all over social media. I was just now reading it, and uh, they uh, they let him go yesterday, as of today. So it's been on all ESPN, it's been all that. So. That now he, they're talking about him going to work for what the A and E, Dustin Rhodes is a, uh, or Cody Rhodes. Oh, Cody uh, Rhodes is yeah. yeah. AEW. AEW. Yeah, they're they're talking about him going working for them to be a talent scout. So that's 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 all over social media today, and it's and it's confirmed. I confirmed it with the buddy of mine up in Oregon today. They did uh yeah, under under all under WWE law, you cannot be intoxicated up twelve hours prior to the event. And you know they got every event they got, they got a catering dinner that uh, if you are whatever under the influence of anything, they want you going to eat. You know, at least get your mind straight. You know, before you go out, which I understand. You know, look what happened to uh, what was it, Jeff Hardy? I mean, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. when he worked yeah. for WCW. 
how bad he was when he come out there work staying. Bishop come up there and just stopped the match before he come just come in and fans were hauling bullshit all this and that and thing walked out and hollered it too, you know, and that was a shoot, you know. And now now they've uh but getting off, yeah, getting off the Brock Lesnar thing, I, I I think they do. Just, I agree with Granny. I think they do need, need to kind of write him off or do something. Well, with him. I mean, you know, here here several months ago, you know, Roman Reigns had a very valid point. You know, he shows up every day for work. I mean, when you have a job, you show up for your job. Yeah. And what makes him so special? He's just like everybody else. Sure, he gets paid buku bucks, and yeah, he's probably one of Vince McMahon's favorite people, but he's not a true champion. To me, a true champion, if you're a true champion, I would think, would you not want to defend that belt proudly as a champion? I mean... I mean, Doug, you you were you were in the business for years. I mean, whenever you had a championship title belt, did you not want to defend that title proudly when you had oh. a championship? Oh, I tell you what, we defended it every night. That's what was what. That's I what know. And whatever happened, applause. whatever happened, yeah. whatever happened to the d- d- defending the title every thirty days. You, I mean, whatever yeah. happened to that? Well, th- th- that's kind of that's kind of out the window now because. I think what they're doing, I mean, you remember, uh, you know, back at, back in the good old days, uh, both in WCW and WWE, uh, or F at the time, um, you know, they would have, <laughs> they would have world title matches on Raw, you know, Stone Cold, defend on yeah. Raw, Rock would defend on Raw, whatever it would be, or whoever the WCW champion is would defend on Nitro, you know, whatever it would be. Now, they've sort of set this up. Uh, because of who's holding the belts, Ronda and uh, and Lesnar, both with the mixed martial arts fighting background, they've sort of set this up now where they're treating it like a title fight. They're treating it like a boxing match where, you know, everybody is competing for their opportunity, they're competing for their slot, and they feel like, I think, this would be my take on it, is they feel like they can build the match up to be you know, like, you know, Rocky when he took on Clubber Lang, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, you know mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's it's the big, you know, the, the big fight that only comes by every once in a while to sort of keep people interested. Like, wow, okay, this is, this is the big match. This is the title fight. I think they wanted to add a little bit of prestige uh, to the belt. And, you know, that's, that's uh, that, okay, that, that's I, my take. I mean, I I, wrong, but. I, well, I, I I get that, and that's fine. But when you just want to show, like Lesnar's, like okay, I don't feel like I don't want to go to Raw tonight, so I'm not gonna go. You know, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I of course I don't like Brock Lesnar, and and I never have. But I mean, he's another one that I don't like. But that being said, I think that. He should be there. I mean, yeah, okay, you want to promote a big fight? Okay, I get that. Let's build up a fight. Let's make it exciting for the fans. I get that. But, I mean, just don't allow somebody to basically do what they want to do. Like, okay, I don't feel like coming to work today, so I'm not going to go in. You know? Well, 
I don't necessarily think yeah. it's a matter of I think they need I think they need I think they get I think they need to get rid of him. Well, yes, but I mean, and we're still talking about Lesnar here, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I, you know, the thing is with Lesnar is, yeah, he's part time, and yeah, he, you know, he's on this special contract and and whatever. But it brings you back to that whole, you know, big time, big match, title fight argument uh, that I made earlier, where Lesnar's mm-hmm. got the body. He's got the persona. He's got everything that you look at and you say, okay, well, I mean, who's going to beat this guy? And I, I think the way that they play it up, the way that they play it up every time is, you know, this guy is the champ. He's the, you know, he's the bar. He's, he's a cut above the rest. And, you know, when, when he does get a chance to fight, it, you know, it's going to be good, and it's going to drive ratings, and it's going to be, you know, whatever it's going to be. It's kind of like Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather is the best boxer in the world. He doesn't fight every night, doesn't fight every week. He fights what, twice a year. So, I mean, that that's the thing with with this. I think they're sort of setting this up because they want, instead of having a title match every single night and then having to come up with, okay, well, you know, when is so-and-so going to lose this belt, you know, I think that they feel the belt switching hands on a random raw doesn't have as much effect as it's switching hands at a pay-per-view. Um, you know, so if they are going to take it off of Lesnar, it's going to be at a WrestleMania. It's going to be at a SummerSlam. It's going to be at one of the big four, and it's going to have that big fight atmosphere to it instead of just some random raw in April, you know what I'm saying? Or some random raw in May or whatever it is. I think that they're going to have that big fight match atmosphere to it. And, and do I agree with it? Yes, in a way. But I also, yes, I, I enjoy Raw having that marquee match as well. It's your reason to watch it. Uh, but, you know, I think that they should introduce other titles. I mean, look at the Intercontinental title. The Intercontinental title has been, it used to be the, 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 the biggest title in the game. It's been defunct for 20 years. I mean, the Intercontinental title yeah. is mad. Nobody really cares. Back when, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and those guys wore it, you know, Owen Hart, just as big, if not maybe even bigger than the world title when it came to some of the rivalries and some of the big matches. And, I mean, it had prestige. It's like, yeah, all right, well, you know what? He's not good enough for that, for the Universal. Let's just give him the IC belt to shut him up. You know, that's really what it is. It's become... A, a a step above the U.S. title or a step above the old European title or whatever. So I think maybe if if you're going to have the Universal title and the WWE title be, you, you know, your big match fights, make the IC belt worth more, or or make another belt, uh, you know, worth something and make those the big time matches and, and, and put some okay. prestige on it. Because why right now we have I haven't I haven't seen a title fight on Raw in. in yeah, a long time. Why don't well, they have what, the TV title point. anymore? TV champion title. Why don't they have that anymore? That that's true too. They don't have yeah. I, they used to have it. I don't know if Raw WWE there or not, but I know WCW, NWA, and WCW. They always had the TV title championship. I know all Ring of Honor got it. It was just on another night. So. You know, guys, there's one other point I want to bring up about titles. 
Now mm-hmm. remember uh, this, uh, this past summer they had a uh, they had a tournament for I can't remember what title belt that was like uh, uh, like a what was it a British title or something they had a tournament for it where's that belt been since they debuted it In yeah Europe. I know which one you're talking about <laughs> yeah the European title wasn't it. Yeah, it's in Europe, I imagine. Well, no, they, they um, had the European title, but they had they had they launched another belt. It was like in Britain uh, or England or something. Yeah, uh, I think it, it's uh, still pretty much in Britain or England. I mean, I I you know I don't I feel like right now they've kind of gotten into this you know this big fight mode and this this kind of all right. Well, the Universal and the WWE are the you know, are the big ones, and that's what we're going to focus on. But I think, you know, for Raw, Raw doesn't really have a marquee, you know, match. I mean, yes, the women's title is defended a lot more, and, you know, the women's title has really become the big title on Raw. Um, but I, I just, I don't feel like Raw really, I feel like, yes, they don't want to work as hard to have to keep up with the championship storylines every single week. But I also feel like they have to work the overwork themselves because they they have to give you a better product without having a world title match, which is very difficult to do because you know you're watching it. It's now three hours long instead of two, and it just kind of is like, all right, well, what are we going to do to fill three hours and keep people interested? And I, I think they've had a hard time with that. So, I mean, I see arguments both ways as to move it, you know, to move it back to a nightly thing or back to, you know, keep it the way it is. I, I, I see arguments for both. I think, however, if, um, who's facing Lesnar? It's, uh, uh, Seth Rollins. Seth if Seth Rollins. Rollins, yeah, if Seth Rollins wins it, uh, obviously that's going to be back to a nightly type of thing. Um, but you know, for some reason, I just, I don't see Lesnar dropping it yet. I mean, I know a lot of people, there's rumors swirling that he's going to at WrestleMania and whatnot, but I, I just, you know, every time you hear that Lesnar is going back to UFC, he, he doesn't. Like, like I, I mean, I think this is what, the fourth title defense he's going to have? Or like, all right, he's losing, he's dropping the belt because he's going back to UFC. And what do you know? Lesnar wins the match. So I just, I, I, I don't know if that's set in stone yet. I don't know if that's solid. And I think that right now, uh, the push Lesnar has is a guy. Honestly, if there's anybody that's going to beat him and take take the belt, it's going to be Rollins just because of, of his push. But I just I want somebody different. I want a wow factor. I want to look at that and go, wow. Well, what about uh, Strowman? I mean... Have, have they have they damaged him now enough that he's not going to get the title at all? I, I don't think that's the case. I think I, I think that they're, that they're going to have him take it off somebody else. I think that they're going to have him take it off of Rollins or off of you know McIntyre or off of whoever whoever ends up winning it. I, I just they've done the Braun Strowman Brock Lesnar thing, and, and honestly, you know yeah they're two behemoths, but they're not really good together in the ring. They're, you know, they're both, honestly, they're both kind of clumsy. They're both just power style. And it's not really, 
in the new era, not really what they're looking for. Neither one of them are high flyers. Neither one of them have those crazy depth-defying moves. They're, they're both kind of, you know, just big dudes who dominate people. So, you know, I, I think that Braun is going to go on a Lesnar type of run when he gets the belt, and he's just going to run through people uh, on, in his title defenses. I just think that they have to wait until they, you know, on, until they take it off of, um, you know, off of Lesnar first. I, I mean, that would be my thing. I, I, it's possible. I've been wrong before, but we'll see. You know, as it as it comes to Lester, give me one check, I can. I gotta I gotta jump to the other studio. But I'll be back. Hang on. Okay. You know, as as we were talking about Lester, I'm gonna make my point on this, and it may be you know kind of a silly point the way I'm gonna say this, but to be honest with you, instead of watching Brock Lesnar wrestle, I'd rather go watch the movie Who Do Dude in the Saddlebag. To be honest with you, because that's basically what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, no. I mean, I'm right. I mean, I'll admit I, I'm stealing that quote from uh, James Best, but uh, you know, yeah. So th- there's your there's your quote of the day. Who do dude in a saddlebag? Okay, but you know, the WWE is still predictable. I mean, but I'll tell you what. I did not. To be honest with you. I didn't see them taking Kofi Kingston out of the match like they did. You know, I didn't, I I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Uh, I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong I, what I they did. I really do. Kofi, Kobe, earn, Kofi earned that chance. Kofi earned that opportunity. And just because yeah, just because Vince likes Kevin Owens, I mean, why bring him back? I mean, he's been injured for a long time. He he does to me, he does not deserve that title shot belt. He has if he's gonna get a title shot belt, he needs to work for it like everybody else has had to work for that. You know, and here's yeah, the Kobe, other thing. Kobe's the been injury there, Kobe's thing? been there eleven years. That's yeah, right. Here here's the thing. The injury thing, I don't buy it and I'll tell you why. Because Finn, Finn, Finn Balor had to relinquish the title because of injury, and he has not gotten a title shot back. You know, that's right. He's and the, technically he's he the, never technically he never lost that title belt because he had to give it up because he got injured. Yeah, just no, like Daniel Bryan had to give it up. Roman Reigns had to give it up when his cancer came back. I'm sorry, you know. Well, you know, you know, Granny and Doug. Before you guys joined our show, uh-huh. we always used to talk about how we swear that there is a WWE official that listens to the show every week because every time we talk about something and we know it's going to happen, they either change it or they follow it to the T what we say. I'm going to put this out there and watch this happen. Kevin Owens will beat Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. Kofi Kingston will get a shot at the title against Kevin Owens and defeat Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Watch it. It's going to happen. Yeah, but if I'm Shane McMahon, uh, if I'm Shane McMahon, what I'm doing is I'm saying, okay, Kofi, you know, you want this shot back. Um, what you got to do is you got to go on and you got beat um, in a non-title match, Kevin Owens, on SmackDown. And um, I think that'll happen and then learn his shot. I don't think they're just going to randomly give it to him. But, you know, in, in the discussion of, of – um, of WWE and its current state. Uh, I was watching a lot of old videos from earlier 
Um, and, you know, signs. Now, this is one thing I love about the independent wrestling as well. You guys notice how big signs were up until about 2010? Like, the whole crowd had a sign, pretty much everybody in the crowd. And and now, um, you, you know, and now it's like they just dark dark out the top rows, and and that's it. I mean, you know, the pops aren't the same. Yeah, you know, I remember when that when cold glass break music used to hit some of the crazy. I mean, the arena was shaking. Nobody really, you know, has those kind of pops anymore. Nobody really brings the signs anymore to WWE other than the kids in the crowd. Uh, it's just it just doesn't well, feel like why? it's got an energy. Anymore. You know why? The reason why they stopped doing that is because everybody was com- started complaining that people were holding up a sign they couldn't see what was going on. And the WWE back in the Attitude Era, lie, in Attitude Era, uh, when they were doing that, they were promoting the fact that it's the world's largest gathering of freedom of speech. And Jim Ross said that. Now, speaking of the Attitude uh, Era, uh, is our, you guys all know who the Macho Man Randy Savage is, obviously, correct? Follow me through here. Yeah, you guys yeah, know, yeah. Right? And yeah. you guys know who his brother is. Lanny Poffo. I've met Lanny. Lanny I met Lanny Poffo right. one time. His dad was Angelo Poffo, remember? Yeah, right. He gave he, he, yeah. he, he gave he gave me he gave me one of his books that he wrote. Right. And uh he uh he also portrayed the character of the genius, if you guys remember, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yep. Now here's the thing. I asked him to be a guest on our show. And you know what he told me? What? He said the Attitude Era was after his time. Oh, and really? the name yeah. of our show, Attitude Era Live, has nothing to do with the Attitude Era. Well, it kind of does, but it has nothing to do with that time of wrestling. And apparently, you <clears throat> didn't understand that. Hmm. Wow. On the, uh, I remember stories back in the day. They told me uh, getting off there. Speaking about the Popos, Angelo. He used to leave early to go to the, the town because he wanted to drive 45 miles an hour to save on gas. That's what law. That's what the old timers in Memphis used to tell me. Just getting back on the popos, but uh, attitude there. He wanted. That's the reason he didn't want to be on the show, huh? Yep, that's what he said because that was after <laughs> wow. his time. Hold on. And it really disappointed me that um, he won't be on the show because of that. But I'll take well, um, I mean, that's right, not as bad at least as the honky tonk man, who, by the way, into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he is. Well, he's he's going yeah, in the Hall well, of Fame, excuse, and his uh, his excuse, he won't come on the show because he doesn't do Mama Basement Radio. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something, honky tonk man. If anybody's listening and knows the honky tonk man, you can give him this message from me. We're more than Mama Basement Radio. I mean, I'm not saying that we're the best podcast for wrestling out there, but I'll tell you what, we're we're in the top ten anyway. I mean, for all the guests that we have, for all the stuff that we do, for all the pop that we get, I mean, we're more than uh, a group of uh, pimple-faced teenagers sitting in our mom's basement. Yeah. So, well, you know, I I get I get it, though, how how podcasts 
sort of have, because I deal with this a lot at the radio station too, how, you know, podcasts have sort of that negative connotation to them because pretty much people can do them. I, I mean, I understand that. Um, but I mean, and, and if this were somebody, you know, different that was saying it, I mean, if this were, if this were an absolute huge name and, and, and they, they wouldn't want to come on for that reason, I get it. But I mean, Hockey Man is pretty insignificant in the grand scheme of things when it comes to WWE. So, I mean, I, I don't know why, if anything, we would be doing his career a favor. I guess this, but they, they are on, yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bump them through for you. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the hottest gal in the history of scenery. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you, without a shadow of a doubt, the hottest model in the history of hot models. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Wonder Hussey. Hey, ma'am, how are you? Hi, hello. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hi, everyone. Now, tell me, was that not the best introduction you've ever had? Uh, Yeah, I'm impressed. Thank you. Thank you. I'm flattered. I'm honored. And it was 100% accurate. Awesome. So uh, what we'd like to do after we uh, introduce our, our guest, uh, we'd like them to give us a little background, then we ask them the questions. And uh, uh, there's a, a fan sent me uh, questions for you, so I'm going to ask those too. But you want to give us a little background, then we'll talk to you. Sure. Well, my name is Wonder Hussy. That's Wonder like Wonder Woman, Hussy like Shameless Hussy. I come by the name the honest old-fashioned way. I worked as a nude model for many years. And during the course of my nude modeling, I was always uh, out in abandoned buildings and ghost towns because for some inexplicable reason, photographers love photographing nubile young flesh in front of decay. Well, eventually I became more interested in the ghost towns than in the modeling, and I switched course, and now I run a YouTube channel where I explore abandoned places. So, now, which is really interesting, and, uh, you know, I've, uh, I, and I'll let you uh, tell us uh, at the end of the interview where people can check your, check out your work, but when I first saw you on, um, on uh, Instagram, when I first saw you, you know, I always thought it was kind of cool, like, your, the exotic locations that you go to and the interesting places you go to, and how you are nude, but you always cover up the the wee-wee parts, as for lack of a better term. Now, when you are setting up for photo shoots and everything, how long are you at locations? And, uh, like, because you're in the nude, do you have to get permission at these locations to shoot there? Oh, no, it's all just done undercover guerrilla style. I mean... I carefully scouted, first of all, I'm based in Las Vegas, Nevada, okay? So most of the photo shoots I do, almost all the photo shoots I do are in the area, in the desert around Las Vegas. So I've scouted out places where I know we're not likely to be stumbled on. So no, there's no permission. Everything I'm doing is probably illegal, but I feel comfortable enough with my scouting abilities that, you know, knock wood, no one has busted. Well, I've been busted a few times, but never uh, cited or ticketed. So, so far, so good. Well, I mean, you're talking about Nevada. Outside of Las Vegas is one of the least populated states in the country. So, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I can imagine 
you know, that if there's parts out in the middle of the desert out there, other than, you know, accidentally stumbling, stumbling on Area 51, I can imagine that people aren't going to really bother you too much. I mean, you've got, you know, six hours between there and Reno. So, I mean, I, I, I can see seven. why. Um, seven. Seven. There we go. Seven. So I, I can see why, you know, out in the middle of the desert, you're not going to have to worry about that too much. Yeah, it's true, although most people who hire me don't want to drive too far, so most of the locations they use are actually within one hour of the Vegas Strip. But that's the interesting thing about the city of Las Vegas. It's this little island almost in the middle of nowhere. You can go mm-hmm. less than an hour outside of town and be in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's funny how you mentioned that. You know, you photographed in the mood. You, you were just talking about the Vegas Strip, which is kind of cool. Uh, I, I just wanted to throw that out there. So now when you are, are out there in your different locations, as I was uh, describing you on the show tonight, basically your your body is the brush and the location is your canvas, basically, and you, you stand in front of these <laughs> locations. But now do you have uh, a photographer or a group of photographers or a photography company that you take along with you? And are they well, so male or female? It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter to me. Whoever pays me, I don't care. You know, male, female, transgender, trans woman, whatever, as long as their cash is green, I don't care. But on my Instagram account, actually, those are all just amateur cell phone photos that were mostly taken by my sister. And if if, uh, someone wanted to hire you uh, to stand nude in front of their, their building or their location... What what kind of rates do you uh, do you have? Well, uh, first I should say that I'm semi-retired now. I burned myself out because I did it for ten years, and I would shoot with anybody who came down the pike. Okay, as long as you had a camera of any sort, and that could be a cell phone camera, as long as you were going to pay me, I'd shoot with you. My rate is slash was $500 for an eight-hour day. For $500, I'll pick you up at your hotel, drive you to four different beautiful desert locations, and pose nude at each one, then drop you back at your hotel all in the course of an eight-hour day. What a deal. So that's uh, – so, so for $500, they could spend eight hours with you nude. Uh, well, not really, because a lot of it's driving time, and I can't drive naked, probably. So yeah, it probably boils down to about four hours nude, four hours uh, closed. Now, do you only well, really shoot in the desert, or are there other locations that you've done? Oh, no, no. I've, shot, I've gone to other states and forests and mountains and the ocean and... You know, pretty much uh, the rainforest, any kind of environment you can think of. But, you know, because I'm in a unique situation here in Vegas, a lot of photographers come through Vegas. So I don't really need to travel for work. They all come here, and it's just easier for me to shoot around here in the desert. So I'd say, oh, gosh, probably 85% of my photos are in the desert. Uh, Wonder Hussey's our guest here. we got about uh, 30 minutes or so left. Uh uh, I'm going to open this up. Uh, uh, we'll go around the we'll go around the table here. We'll start with uh, Doug, then we'll go to Granny. Doug, what do you got for our uh, guest, Wonder Hussy? Yeah, you speak about you talk about uh, all the exotic locations you you've uh, worked at. What was one of your favorite ones, and what I mean, what was one of your worst ones? 
Well, I'm kind of weird. I like like the grungy locations, you know. Like, <laughs> I did a photo shoot in an abandoned brothel, and I that's my oh, yeah. one of my favorites because it was so creepy, and the wallpaper was really interesting, and there was little artifacts left behind by all the women who used to work there. So yeah, that's why my favorite. As far as my least favorite, I would have to say any place that's cold and wet and unpleasant because you know you're standing there naked, and a lot of times mm-hmm. these guys want you to shoot first thing in the morning, you know, because it's the best light. It's friggin' yeah. freezing, and you're supposed to stand there looking happy, and it's not easy. Yeah. So, uh, hey, uh, go ahead. So coming to North Dakota would be out of the question then. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> coming to North Dakota would be in the question in the summertime. I mean, I've, I've never been to North Dakota, but I did go to Sturgis in South Dakota. And I, while I wasn't totally naked, I was nearly naked. <laughs> uh, uh, Doug, uh, go ahead. Finish your thoughts, and we'll open it up to Green. Oh, how, how, uh, what, what inspired you to do the profession that you do? Well, I needed money, okay? It was back in the recession of 08, 09, and I was coming up short on my mortgage payment. So mm-hmm. I initially, actually, I did my first nude photo shoot just to prove a point to myself. I broke up with a boyfriend who was very conservative, and I thought, like, all right, now I can let my freak flag fly, man. I can be the bohemian freak that I always wanted to be. Well, wait a minute. If I'm so open-minded and free-spirited, why won't I pose nude? So the first shoot I did nude was just for fun to prove a point but then yes i realized hey wait a minute i can make money doing this and i needed money so that's how it all started awesome yeah uh, great awesome. to that for uh wonder huskies i guess we got about uh 25 uh about 30 minutes here left with you uh, uh granny what do you got well um i'm gonna go ahead and let big swing ask some questions so I, I, big go ahead, somebody. Then go oh, ahead, Icon. Okay. I was, I was sort of in the other. I was, I had one headphone on, one headphone off here because I was kind of, I was waiting on on Granny. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually, funny, funny enough, is I actually watched um some of your, you know, your YouTube videos, and you can go on and check her out, Wonder Hundy, Wonder Hussy Adventures uh, on YouTube, and um, it, it's kind of cool because you know I, there was one. And I'm trying to remember what – you were clothed in it, um, but I'm trying to remember what it was. It was something about you, – you it was all shot through a dash cam, and you were driving, doing something. And I, I'm trying to find the video here now. But uh, oh, I guess but, – but, but, but I guess my, my main thing, um, and, you know, and, and I guess Doug covered it well, was about places you liked or places you didn't like. But, I mean, I, mean, I guess uh, did you always have a love of traveling as well? Or did that yeah, kind of come hand-in-hand hand with, with this idea of, of posing and stuff? Well, I always liked weird stuff, like weird roadside attractions and, like, odd places. But it kind of was developed through my modeling because, like I said earlier, for whatever reason, guys like to photograph naked chicks in, like, creepy abandoned places. I don't know why. So I was always looking mm-hmm. for new creepy abandoned places to pose for photos in. And I just kind of started making videos about looking for those places and I came to enjoy that more than I did the actual modeling. So uh, that's why I kind of switched course. So with, with your, you know, your photo shooting and, uh, you know, did, did you ever have any worry about, uh, like, uh, like a particular somebody that want to hire you, like, uh, 
like a guy would be like some crazy soccer dude or anything like that? Did that ever cross your mind? Uh, it did at first. I was really paranoid because you hear all these horror stories. But I got to be honest with you. Uh, I've been modeling nude for 10 years. I've done probably hundreds of photo shoots, and I've never had a bad experience, man. I think it's all blown out of proportion, like everything. I mean, I've had some experiences that some people would consider unsavory, but to me, I just think it's funny. For many years, I wrote a blog about my modeling adventures, and so if something kind of weird or creepy happened... I would just laugh and go, oh, well, that'll make an interesting story for my blog. And with your, with your work and posing nude, would you, would you ever consider, like, posing in, like, a, like, one of those adult magazines, like Playboy or Penthouse or Gallery, anything like that, or have you? Uh, well, first of all, they wouldn't have me in Playboy. They have really high standards, and I am flat-chested and built like a penguin. I have a long torso and short legs. So Playboy's out of the question. Hustler, mm, not interested in posing for anything super explicit. You know, I never really tried to get into any of those other magazines. I don't know. I guess it's not really something that I, you know, to be honest, I kind of have low self-esteem and I realized my limitations and I never even tried to get to that level. I just accepted my lot and marketed myself to amateur hobbyist photographers and hey, that did me well. I made plenty of money. I was able to buy a house and support myself. Well, in that video that I saw, and again, I'm going through your page here trying to see if I can uh, figure it out just based on the uh, on that the display thing, but um, I think I remember in the video you had went from one side of Vegas to the other, and you were kind of showing us, like, the tourist destinations uh, as well. As, I think like, I know what you're talking about. I went – oh, yeah, well, as, I, as I well, did too. I did one where I drove all the way down the Vegas Strip the entire length, which is, like, 60 yeah, miles. Yeah, that's what it was, oh. the length of the Strip, yeah. Yep. Yeah, people yep. don't – Here don't it is, like, yeah, driving, driving end-to-end. End. Yeah, that's what it was here, and it's like – and you would, like, caption things, like, inexplic- inexplicably popular Canadian banshee and all this other stuff. Like, you yeah. would, like, caption funny stuff. And I was just curious, like, your modeling, what do you feel has gotten more um, more notoriety oh, yeah, for you? Yeah. Your YouTube videos of you, huh? you know, exploring cool stuff, like, the, you know, the Albany Ball huh? or the haunted, you know, museums or the ghost towns or whatever it may be, uh, or, or or your modeling. Like, what, huh? what do you feel um, has gotten you more right. sort of internet notoriety? YouTube a thousand percent, and this blew my mind, okay? Here's the sad fact. Nudity is cheap. For years, I modeled and I wrote a blog where I had nude photos in the blog and wrote about my experiences. I never made anything, and I never really got much buzz. Then I started this YouTube channel, which you're not allowed to be show nudity on YouTube. And I'm not going to say it blew up, but I found some measure of success with it. So lesson learned, you know, run around naked all you want. is really not going to do much for you. Now, you live in Vegas now. Are you born and raised in Vegas, or you, did you just no. move No. I moved here because I thought it would be an interesting place to live, and boy, howdy, is it ever. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, a, oh, it's a probably good for, pe- for... for people watching, too. Like, 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 oh, like if you like, people watching. you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's the I best bet. in the world, man. It's just no good if you have any, like, if you're prone to addictions, which I'm not. Like, I don't gamble, uh, and I'm not a big boozer. Uh, but I, I do see a lot of people get into trouble with that. But, you know, it's it's like any place. Mm-hmm. It's got its ups and downs. It's, but it's it's pretty interesting. I just thought it was kind of funny when you drove the length of the strip. And, you know, like I said, you were capturing uh, captioning yeah. things. 
and uh, you wrote uh, Uber uh, Uber douchebag upscale shopping mall, which was kind of funny. Yeah, right. Well, well, you know, we all have mixed feelings about the the tourist corridor, and I mean, I, I like it. It's cool. Like, I love having tourists in Vegas. It subsidizes my property taxes, but at the same time, yeah, sometimes it gets a little annoying. Now, with your with your uh, modeling and and all that, uh, do you have uh, like one favorite photographer that keeps? Uh, keeps asking you to model for them or uh do you do you have do you go through several or do you have a lot of repeat well, customers yeah well mostly it's uh one timers but i do have or had several repeat uh customers i guess you could call them clients this one guy has a vimeo channel he would hire me and he still does hire me to make all these really quirky videos like naked videos so i shot with him a ton and a few others. Uh, I don't know. I probably had like five or six regulars. Cool. So, yeah, but everybody else was just fresh meat, man. And it's kind of awkward. Like, you meet somebody for the uh-huh. first time. I pick you up at your hotel. Hey, hi, nice uh-huh. to meet you. And, you know, it's hard for most people to just, like, get to know someone, let alone someone who's naked. You know what I mean? So it kind of worked out to my both of our advantage that, okay, we're going to drive out to the desert now. It's an hour-long drive, so we got an hour to kind of chit-chat, get to know each other. But even still, man, you get there and you drop trow, and you know, oftentimes the guy just gets really embarrassed. It's kind of awkward. Well, you know, speaking of that, you know, uh, when you know your costume is obviously your birthday suit, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. So when you when you get ready for the photo shoot, uh, you don't you because you're going to be naked in front of the photographer anyway. So, mm-hmm. so do you just change right there? Or do you like, 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 like go in the car, or like tuck around, like no. push or whatever, or, or just just <laughs> drop it? Well, it's interesting that you ask because I do. I just drop it. Like, so here's something that most people wouldn't think of when you're working as a nude model. You want to wear something that's very loose fitting so that if you're wearing something mm-hmm. tight like jeans, it's going to leave marks on your skin. So when you take your clothes off and the guy goes to take your picture, you've got all these lines on your skin from where, like, the jean waistband was or whatever. So you want to wear something baggy and loose. So I would always wear, like, this little baggy kind of sundress that you could just whip off in, like, half a second. So my style was we would get to the place we're going to shoot you know, hike out to wherever the rocks were or whatever, and then I would just whip off my dress totally unceremoniously and just, okay, let's go. And I think that actually took a lot of people aback because they, I guess, expected Uh me to be like, okay, let me go behind this bush. Ah, why bother? He's going to see me naked anyways. I mean, it's not like a strip tease, Joe. I'm here to pose. Let's go. And when you... So I'm guessing, you know, you mentioned, you know, you always wear something loose, so I'm guessing when you... You know, you're wearing a dress. You're probably not wearing any underwear either, I would guess. No, just a dress and flip-flops. My, my outfit was a dress, flip-flops, sunglasses, and, like, a cowboy hat. And now, uh, I, I now Vegas, go ahead. Well, everyone talks about Vegas being so expensive with, obviously, you know, all the casinos and the strip and all that stuff. But if you live in Vegas, a little bit outside the Strip, uh, is it actually, you know, okay, like pretty affordable, or is oh the entire God. city yeah. expensive? Well, I, first of all, you're talking to somebody who's originally from California, so my perception is a oh. little bit skewed, but yeah. it is very, yeah. it's very affordable here. We have no 
state income tax, our property taxes are really low because they're subsidized by uh, the casinos and the gaming revenue. So it's actually a really affordable place to live. I don't know what prices are like for you guys. Like I would say gas is about two eighty five uh-huh. right now. Here. See, I, I'm, uh-huh. up in, I'm up in New York, Great so and New York's the most expensive state in the country. So for me, yeah. you know, New York, New York's uh, a little different. I mean, you can get a studio apartment. I'm talking about a studio apartment where you can reach the refrigerator from your bed in New York City <laughs> for 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 twenty five for, for twenty five hundred dollars a month. <laughs> So that's, that's yeah, the difference. Yeah, nothing you know? like that. Yeah. But you, okay. get, you get what you pay for, right? You pay that. You live in Manhattan. That's awesome. Here, you know, yeah, I you guess. rent a, a mansion for that, but you live in the middle of the desert, you know? True, true. All right. That works. Yeah. So it is. It's very, very affordable here, and that's a major reason why I'm here. And, uh, you know, the locations that you uh, mm-hmm. you choose, you know, you mentioned, you know, out in the desert and, like, these little ghost towns and all this now, has there ever been a place where you've been at a location where there's been like uh uh like onlookers or not? For uh, one of my YouTube videos or a photo shoot? Well no, like you know, if you're like out of location and there's like there's like people like around the location that you didn't know were there that were like kinda of checking you out. Uh, no, not really. Usually, I'm either at a place where I know it's like a tourist attraction and there's going to be people around, or it's like some friggin' ghost town way out in the middle of nowhere. I've never, like, been surprised by some creepy person that just oh. popped out of nowhere. And that's not for lack of trying, man. I love meeting creepy people. It's just, you know, like you said earlier, it's so friggin' desolate in most of Nevada that there just aren't any people around. Hmm. Well, uh, well now, who's our guest? Well, for Nevada, and it's another thing too about about Nevada. Like, there's there's this this show. I don't know if you're familiar with it, um, called Live PD that I watch all the time. And a lot of what they're doing is in Nye County, NYE. I don't know if you've heard about oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, it, sure. It seems pretty rural out that way. Um, it is. But there's well, people out there. Neighboring County to Vegas, and uh, they yeah. uh, they have legalized prostitution out there. So there's a couple few brothels in Nye County that are right oh. over the county line from Vegas. So, yeah, I go to Nye County all the time. And it is more rural for sure. But I guess they do huh. all right. You know, those brothels generate a lot of tax revenue for that county. Oh, well, I, I bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wonder Hush is our guest here. we got about uh, we got about uh, 20 minutes here left with you, give or take. Uh, we're going to take a, a quick time out here. Uh, I just sent you a uh, a script. Uh, we're going to have you do that liner now. Uh, what I'll do is I'll count you down from five, then we'll go ahead and do that, and if we have to do a couple takes, we will. But uh, since I started sending the script out, it's only been one take, but we'll see what happens if you're ready. Okay, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, this is Wonder Hussy. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live. With the host, the icon, the big swing, Granny Hulkster, and the legend, Pretty Boy, Doug Masters. Hey, that sounds awesome. That's amazing. All right, it is. All right, go, Granny. Uh, 
Granny, ask me some questions. Granny, aren't you curious? Well, you know, everybody everybody's asked the questions that I was thinking of, but I gotta tell you a funny story. I'm okay. gonna be coming oh, to Vegas in June Uh-oh. for a convention for an international moose lodge convention. I am coming to Las Vegas oh, in June. And and I have I have one of my wrestling buddies, when I told him I was coming to Vegas, he says, Granny, he says, You gotta do me a favor and it's not gonna take much effort on your part, and I'm like thinking, okay, Tommy Snow, what are you up to? Because this guy's <laughs> crazy as can be sometimes when he when he wrestled. He had to give it up because of his multiple sclerosis came back, but he Aww. had to retire. But <clears throat> he says, I want you to wear your original Granny Hulkster shirt and have somebody take a picture of you in Vegas and post it on Facebook, and I can say, Granny Hulkster in Las Vegas. Las Vegas will never be the same. You should do it. Well, I'm planning on it. I, that's the first thing I'm going to pack in my suitcase is my original granny shirt. So, Well, you should I'm definitely just, you know, wear that. You'll fit right in. This is Vegas. I, I prob- I, crazy stuff. I, yeah, I probably will. I mean, I, you know, but like I said, yeah, I'm coming for a big convention in June, you know. So Ooh, it's going to be hot. So. You better pack your bikini. Well, I don't wear no bikini, so I'm probably not going to have time mm. to do much swimming because I'm going to be in meetings during the oh. day and things like that. So mm. I'm going to be be busy, you know, in, in meetings and uh, luncheons and things like that. So I'm getting my star recorder degree for the Women of the Moose. So. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Oh. That's cool. So, but yeah, everybody so, that all the questions that I th- thought of, everybody already asked. So that's why I was just letting the guys kind of do this interview. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, if you think of anything, just jump right in. I, I will. Well, Wonder Hutchie's hey. guest here. Uh, I have a couple uh, uh, fans uh, of our show sent some uh, questions. And uh, now these aren't coming from any of us, they're coming from the fans. So it, okay. it, I'm going to ask them, but. Blame them for these questions if you you know if you don't want to answer them. If you don't want to answer them, just say. And what's the next question? First question is: uh, Do people recognize you when you're out in public? Uh, yeah, you know it's weird from my YouTube channel. If I'm in like, generally it happens when I'm in like a real small podunk town in like central Nevada. I do randomly get recognized. It's really interesting. In Vegas, here and there too, but mostly when I'm out in these little podunk places. Cool. Okay, the second yeah. question, uh, would you ever consider going uh, or checking out a nudist camp? Uh, yeah, I've been to nudist camps. Uh, I'm not a fan, to be honest. I, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't really call myself a nudist. Like, I'll get naked for money, but I don't hang around my house naked. I will go to, like, nude beaches, and, like, I'm really into natural hot springs, like, out in the desert, like, hang out in a hot spring naked. I'll do that naked. But going to a camp where you got to pay and everyone's hanging out playing volleyball naked, like, I don't know, it just seems kind of forced and creepy. And then, in my experience, it almost inevitably turns out to be some kind of swinger situation, and I'm not a swinger, so I probably won't be going to many more nudist camps or nudist colonies. And, uh, when you, when you, when you, when you were at these nudist camps and they had a dance, did you ever say, gee, she's wearing what I'm wearing? (laughs) How embarrassing. We wore the same thing. Hey, nobody looks the same naked, though. We all have our differences. Boy, oh, boy, do we. 
Well, we all we all know that you'd you'd probably be the you're the you're not probably but you would be the best looking one there. But anyway. Oh, not uh, necessarily. <laughs> I've seen some very very lovely nudists. Uh, next question. Uh, this comes from uh, Eric Vi Five. Uh, he wants to know if you'd be willing to tell us what your measurements are. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'm 32 double A, 25, 35 and a half. 5'2", so, 115 pounds. Seven so shoe, you, uh-huh. uh, five and a half hat, or wait, seven and a half hat, and a size small glove. My inseam is 26. I wear a zero or an extra small in a dress. How many of my measurements do you need? Uh, wow, uh, she, she knows them all. Yeah, that was uh, I, I guess they were asking for. Uh, so basically, <laughs> you're, you, you'd be more of the petite. Oh, yeah, like, I'm, uh, I'm pretty small, yeah. Although I weigh more than I look like I weigh. Like, I look real small and dainty, and I've had it happen before where a guy will try to scoop me up, pick me up, and they go, oh, gosh, you're heavier than you look. But that's because I lift weights, uh, and you know how that goes. Muscle's heavier than fat. Yeah, and uh, and for you uh, on your on your size of clothing, excess doesn't mean uh, excess fabric. It means extra small. Yeah, extra small, man. I, I sometimes I shop in a kids department. <laughs> wow, it's cheaper. It's cheaper. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, uh, we have a few other questions here. Um, you know, you mentioned that uh, for. For five hundred bucks for eight hours, and my math is not that good, but I figured that's about sixty dollars and fifty cents an hour, which is really good. If and you said they can use any type of camera they had, even a, a cell phone camera. So let's say yep. someone wanted to hire you for eight hours, and they had mm-hmm. their cell phone camera, and they wanted mm-hmm. to take one picture of you at all locations, and then just see you naked the rest of the time. You'd be all for that's that. That's fine. Well, I've actually had people hire me who didn't take any photos at all. They just wanted to hang out naked with me, with me, and they were naked too. And you allow yeah, you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of that out in Vegas, I'd imagine. Some oh, some uh, just interesting, you know, very free spirited people, I'd imagine. Well, that actually came more from my. Well, I also have a Vimeo channel. If you know what Vimeo is, oh, okay, like YouTube, yep, but yep. They, they they actually allow nudity. So some of the videos I have up there are like of me going to different hot springs and stuff. I I'm naked, so I actually do mm. have a pretty big pretty big following among nudists. And so yeah, some <clears throat> people who are curious about being nudists have hired me just so they would have someone to hang out naked with. Like, cause they're, I guess, too afraid to do it on their own kind of video. So, no, it wasn't like creepy or anything. I have a pretty good uh, radar for that kind of thing. Like, if somebody wants to hire me and I can, if it seems creepy, I'll just decline. You know. So mm, makes for, sense. For, uh, for our fans that aren't uh, up on uh, what you just said, uh, how that thing that you just said, Vizio or whatever it is, tell us a little bit about that. What is it? Vizio.com or what is it? Uh, Vimeo, V I M is in Mike E O. It's just like YouTube, but it's a different video watching platform, and they have uh, looser standards regarding nudity. You can upload stuff. I don't think they allow you to upload pornography, but they allow nudity more than YouTube does. So. And it's V I M E O, right? Yeah, V I M E O. I have a channel up there too. All my channels are Wonder Hussy. It's pretty easy to find. Now do now do. If our fans want to check you out there, do they have to pay for this site? 
No, no, it's just like YouTube. It's free. Free, free, free as a bird. And YouTube, you know, you got to watch those annoying commercials at the beginning of the video. Vimeo, well, they, don't, they don't even have commercials. That's why I don't, to be oh. honest, I don't upload a lot of videos to it because I can't make any money off of it. So it's like, eh, why spend a lot of time on it? But, you know, sometimes I shoot a video and I can't put it on YouTube. I already shot it, but then it ends up having like five seconds of nipple in it. So rather than just toss the footage, I'll put it up on my Vimeo channel. Even though I won't make no, that, any money off it. That, that's the next question I was going to uh, ask you. With with all the with all the different pictures that they're taking and shooting now, do you have to uh, once they take the pictures? You know, it's not obviously instantly developed, but do you do they have to show you what they took, and do you have to say that they can use this and they can't use that, or is it? whatever they want. No, I mean, a lot of times photographers are really cool. Most of them are very cool. And so they'll go, Hey, do you mind? Like if it's something that's kind of like explicit, cause I'm pretty square with my modeling. Like I'll just shoot like, I used to call it playboy style nudes. Like, you know, playboy versus hustler, like playboy that ladies generally have their legs closed and hustler. They're like wide open beaver coming. Uh-huh. Well, my style, I wasn't really comfortable doing the hustler type stuff, so I would call it Playboy style, which now, Playboy, I don't even think shows nudes anymore. So, anyways, but most of the photographers I've shot with, if they did get a picture that they felt was, like, a little bit explicit, they would ask me, hey, do you mind, or do you want me to delete this one? But for the most part, you know, you just sign a release, and they get to keep all the pictures and do whatever they want with them, you know? So you never know where they're going to end up. I have seen my pictures end up in some pretty interesting places. Well, I was going to say, speaking of, this is a pretty boy, Doug Masters. I was going to say, speaking of pictures, if I, uh, if I gave you my address, could you send me an autograph picture if I could hang in my office? I sure could, and I will. Awesome. Well, Thank you very yeah, much. Uh, well, Doug kind of uh, stole my thunder a little bit. I had sent you oh. an address uh, <laughs> for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry. Well, no, no. Uh, she uh, she can send one to you, Doug. But uh, I sent you an address because uh, you know our, our we have a big uh, December show where we uh, where we cater to our fans and give away autographed pictures stuff. Would you be willing to send a few for giveaways too? And of course, autograph one of the icon because he's got sure. ego. Uh, now, unlike uh, and I will I do say this. Unlike most female guests that we've had, mostly wrestlers, you're one of the few that does not have a restraining order against me yet. Uh, yes. Not yet, but hey, the Keyword. night is young. Keyword, yet. <laughs> I'm glad you added yet, Icon. Huh? Finally, he added yet. I think he's starting to learn. Well, I think he uh, is, yeah, too. Wonder, we got that uh, Wonder Hunter. We got about five minutes left here. Uh, then we'll wrap this up. But, uh, you know, you mentioned that uh, they they just want some just hung out with you, with you and the nude and them and the nude. But you, I'm sure you did. You have like a strict uh, look, but no touch policy, correct? No, I've never even had. I don't even have to have the policy. It's like literally, it's never even come up. And I'm not weird about being touched. I mean, if you want, I'm not asking anyone to poke their finger into my vagina. But if somebody wants to pat me on the (laughs) knee or something, I'm not going to freak out. But it's never come up. It's never been an issue, man. It's I. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about this industry, and like the sad, boring reality is, it's just a lot of middle age flubby guys that want to take pretty pictures and they're not trying to molest you and they're not trying to do anything dirty. They just want to create art. Cool. Hmm. 
Yeah, I know. It's boring. It's not glamorous. It's not like what you see on Nightline or Dateline or 48 Hours, but that's the sad, boring reality. It's a job like any other. Now, you know, you mentioned that uh, they, they get to keep all the all the photos and everything. And you said you've you've seen your picture pop up in interesting places. What is the most oddball place you've seen your picture pop up at? Like, was it like on a billboard or? Uh, yeah, those weren't nude, obviously, but I was on a billboard. This Chinese airline bought a. I did a photo shoot for the stock photo website, which stock photography is pictures that anybody can use for whatever they want. You just pay like five bucks. Well, I did a, a photo shoot in a showgirl costume, like a Vegas showgirl. And, man, those pictures show up all over the place. So this Chinese airline <laughs> used my picture on this big billboard. It was up by the airport in Vegas for like six months. But I never got any money for it because it was just a stock photo, you know. But it was fun. Got to see myself giant uh, towering over Vegas like the attack of the 50-foot vagina. It was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you like a local celebrity out there? Like, like do you – you know oh my some God, of the not guys even. who... Oh, my God, And no? there's so many friggin' people out here. I'm like a pea in a pod. No, I mean, I, on a very, very, like, D level, yes, I would say I kind of am, but... Do you no, know guys man. like John Taffer? Like, you ever met John Taffer? He's from Vegas. No, I can't say that I have, man. And to be honest, oh, I've been uh. traveling so much lately. I've been spending all my time in ghost towns in the middle of nowhere. I'm hardly ever in Vegas. Uh, so... Yeah, so, sorry. With these, with these, uh, with these uh, ghost towns uh, that that you go to, uh, you know, they always have these. Uh, you know, uh, and my uh, girlfriend uh, is into these par- paranormal shows. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Expedition, yeah, Expedition Unknown, Ghost Adventures. Would you yeah. ever make an appearance on one of those if they ever asked you? I would, but I think the problem is I'm a skeptic, man. I've been to so many quote-unquote haunted places, and I've never seen or felt anything out of the ordinary. So, listen, it's not for lack of trying. I am completely open to it. I'm planned to – I'll spend the night in a cemetery if that's what it takes. I would love to see a ghost. So, yes, I would love to be on that show if they could take me in some creepy place and, you know, get me scared. That'd be awesome. I think, I think that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Now, uh uh, real quick here, we got about uh, mm. a couple minutes here left, and we're going to wrap this up. But uh, before uh, we let you go and ask the final few questions here, if our fans wanted to check you out, and I know they do now, uh, <laughs> do you have a Instagram, you got so Twitter, long. you got a YouTube, what do you got? I got it all, and it's all Wonder Hussy, W-O-N-D-E-R-H-U-S-S-Y. Like I said, it's a combination of Wonder Woman and Shameless Hussy. You can find me under that on all of the above social media platforms. I'm naked on Instagram, so that's NSFW. But on all the other ones, I am. It's PG, so you can look at those at work. Awesome. Yep. Now, uh, you know, you mentioned you're semi-retired. Then we'll uh, one quick question, and then we'll wrap this up. But uh, if uh, you know, you mentioned you're semi-retired, but uh, you're still willing to do some modeling if someone uh, asks you and begs and pleads, right? Well, if, 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 there's not anything about begging and pleading. If I happen to be here and be available, then yeah, sure, I'll gladly do it. Like, I, 
several photo shoots coming up in the next couple months. It's just that I've been traveling so much more for my YouTube channel. Like I said, most of the time I'm up in the middle of nowhere in Nevada, so I'm not in Vegas. But, hey, you can always, if you want to hire me, you can always shoot me an email, wonderhussy at gmail.com, and see if I'm available. All right, hey, you cool, know, Icon? Yeah. She talked about she talked about, you know, she she would like to see a ghost. You know, there's a place over, you know, I I live in Arkansas. And there's oh, yeah, a place over in Eureka Springs. Too. Okay, oh, there there's the a the Crescent Hotel over in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. They they say that it's supposed to be haunted. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm going there uh, first week of June. I'm staying at that hotel with a girlfriend. I'm bringing my Ouija board with me, and I am going to do my cool. darndest to contact a ghost. So stay tuned. <laughs> well, yeah, because, cool. I mean, I, I've i been in that hotel several different times, and I've seen different things that have happened in there. Uh-oh. I mean, I, I, I actually had to show a video. I was a substitute mm. teacher one time at the high school over there, and I had to show a video called Tales and Legends of the Ozarks. And there was a, a bit about um, uh-huh. the Crescent Hotel on this video. And uh, they it used to be a hospital. At one time it was a girls' school. I mean, mm, this couple creepy. said that they, they came in one night, like it was really late. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning. And they were both in bed. And they said their door opened. And they saw Ooh. like a shadow walk by their bed, the foot of their bed, and the bathroom door opened. The light came on, and they got up, and nobody was in the bathroom. And they ended up yeah, signing like a out. waiver and and checking huh. and checking out, going to a different hotel. <laughs> yeah, well, well I, really, I know. I, I, know, I, I hope I that happens to me. Of, I jumped out of the window before they could see me. <laughs> oh, you're funny. You're funny. But yeah, that yeah, so that'll that'll be interesting for you. So, uh, I can't wait. I've been to Arkansas a few times. Love it there. It's a beautiful state. Well, I'll tell you, I wonder, Hussey, we're going to wrap this up here because I know we're getting a signal. But uh, if we didn't scare you way too uh, much, would you be willing to join us again at some point? Oh, you guys are awesome. I'd love nothing more. I really enjoyed my time with you. And uh, I, I can't wait to uh, get those autographs. And uh, I know our fans will be uh, calling in. Uh, and voting uh, to get, uh, we'll, uh, we'll take caller 100 uh, after we get your <clears throat> autographs, uh, so they have to work for it. Yeah, make them work. There you go. That's always fun. All right. Thank you for joining us. You have yourself a good night, and uh, uh, you'll uh, probably uh, put some clothes on now, I would guess. Uh, Sorry to ruin the fantasy. Yeah, that just ruined my whole rest of my evening, but that's all right. I'll just watch your YouTube videos. Yeah, I I can. I can just. I can just envision. It's cool. So anyway, Wonder Mm -hmm. Hussy, we. It it was fun having her on, and uh, stay tuned as we have ESPN coverage of Big Monday college basketball coming up right after this. You are listening to the Attitude Era Live, the legend, the pretty boy Doug Masters, Granny Hulkster, the icon, and the big swing. We will see you guys next Monday night as usual. Same spot, same place, Blog Talk Radio. Dead man walking. You got it now.